You're listening to Anxiety Talks with Amanda Huggins. The intersection of science and spirituality, where we have real, honest, and often esoteric conversations about mental health and personal growth. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Anxiety Talks podcast, and we've got a good one today. We're talking about anger, sacred anger, really sacred rage, and the power of that emotion, the importance of that emotion, and then how we can better integrate it and release it which is different than holding, avoiding, or pretending it's not there. And that, that really is um, why I want to talk or begin talking about this really powerful emotion today is because I, I have fallen into this trap myself. I see people fall into, you know, maybe fall into a trap isn't, uh, isn't the best or most fair language because really what it is is we've been messaged as a collective uh, really one or two pictures of what anger is supposed to be. We've been messaged this in the binary. So for those who are identifying or have been told to identify within the feminine, uh, Anger has to look pretty if it looks like anything at all. It's hold it in. We don't want to see the rage. We don't want to see the impact of what has happened to you. We don't want to see the impact or the strength that uh, might be evoked should you hold on to your anger. And God forbid you hold on to it, express it, and integrate it. What if we label you a bitch? So you better keep quiet. Right. And then on the masculine end, anger has been messaged that it, it needs to be expressed in this really specific way, the alpha way, right? The I'm a man. And that is so deeply damaging and confining for the masculine as well. Because anger now from that expression can only look one way and it takes up so much space in that expression that there's no space left to feel other emotions. And so it, it, you know, when I talk about masculine and feminine throughout this episode, I do want to be clear that when I'm speaking about it, I'm talking about the energy of the collective, right? It has nothing to do with um, sex, gender, orientation, sexuality. It is about what the dominant energy within is, what you may identify with, um, but that doesn't have to be the case. And, and truthfully, regardless of the different ways that we've been messaged about anger throughout our lives or socialized, really, there is a problem with the lack of uh, support or permission, really, the lack of permission to have anger. And so what happens when we don't have that permission to have the experience of anger, to acknowledge I am angry, I have rage, there are things that I don't like that are happening. When we don't give ourselves that permission, because no one's going to give it to you, we hold it in or it's suppressed rather than expressed. And when we suppress anything, it calcifies. So then that shifts our behaviors, it shifts our 
inner dialogue. It shifts our perspective on the world. It stunts our growth and it stunts possibility. So for this episode, I want us to start at ground zero here with a couple of understandings. Number one, it is okay to have anger. And if that scares you, or if you say, I don't know, I'm not really an angry person, that's cool. And maybe you're not. Maybe in this moment you're not. And you can bank some of this for the future. But I want to I want you to also ask yourself, how do I know if I'm angry? Have I been socialized to not really do anything about that emotion? I think we've all been taught at different points in time to just not deal with it or to go meditate or you know, breathe it out. And oh my God, yes, absolutely. I teach that, right? Like, I, yes. And you can't breathe over a huge, huge block in the road. You can breathe and breathe and breathe and breathe or meditate or pretend it's not there. But if you still have it, you still have it. What is in you is in you until it is seen, owned, acknowledged, and released. And I also, on that note, I don't want uh, anyone to hear some of this be like, oh shit, I haven't been in ownership of some of my anger or my stuff, and to feel self-judgment or shame for that because we, many of us have not been offered the tools and again, the permission to do so. Or really even an understanding of why anger is not a bad emotion to experience. Anger is fire. Anger is the sun. When fire or the sun is untamed, right? You go out, you get a sunburn. If there's too much sun, if there's too much heat, too much exposure, crops die, chaos. I mean, agricultural chaos, physical, biological chaos. Fire can burn down a city. It can create destruction. But sun and the fire can also illuminate shadow. It can also create warmth. It shines a light. And so it's not about is this fire good or bad. It's really more a question of how do I activate it? How do I call it? How do I integrate it in a way that creates more warmth, creates more light, creates more harmony within That calcified anger that we hold is a block to healing, is a block to harmony. And so it's also not to say that we we release and heal anger and then we're never angry again. It is to say understanding how to alchemize it is a lifelong skill. But it starts with the acknowledgement and the permission that it is okay. And so... Anger can be held within us or felt in quite a few different ways, right? Uh, There may be something that happened to you that created a moment in time where it's just rage or it's just this wild energy or um, outrage, disgust, shock. Uh, disappointment. 
And that's, you know, it's, it's sequestered to a specific moment that's really clear for you. And or this anger is maybe a low, slow burn, something that has happened a long time ago or something thematic. You know, why does this always happen to me? Uh, perhaps it's an outlook on life. I know someone who, I knew someone who identified as a um, pessimist and they would laugh because I would always say, I would rather live as an optimist and be wrong than die a pessimist and be right. And, you know, we would have some kind of lighthearted discussion on, on occasion about that. And it was always very eye-opening because you could feel the the holding on to anger or the fear of what if I release this? What does it look like if I actually allow myself to believe that there is good within me and around me? So coming back to this idea of like this low, slow burn of anger, where did that come from? Is it within you or is it because of what is around you? And in either case, it is valid. In any case, the anger is valid. That's, I think, the other piece I want to message now in case I forget or it doesn't come up later is for right now, we're not talking about uh, right or wrong. Now, we will a little bit in the ownership piece um, and, and how to call your anger because we don't want to be in an expression of anger that hurts others or that's reactive. Um, but anyway, it, for right now, can we ground down in, it's valid. It's valid because it's a feeling in you. Now, that doesn't mean it's something you act on right now. We'll talk about that later. But it's valid. And can you just be okay with that? So the way that I want to kind of break this down in this episode is looking at anger in three different I guess steps or categories. So this first one is acknowledgement and understanding. And we just kind of started to get into that. So I'll break it down a little more. Then there's ownership and healing. And then integration and action. So we start with just, yeah, it's here. And then we go to, why is it here? And then we move into, how do I activate it? What do I do with this? Again, when anger is activated properly, it's a powerful tool. So first, you know, with this acknowledgement or understanding phase, let's look at where do you show your anger or where do you hold your anger? Um, I think there's a, a million and one different ways that it can be expressed or <laughs> uh, negatively expressed or repressed. The repression often comes from, as I kind of was just mentioning, um, holding on to things that have happened and allowing that to shape perspective, right? So it's it may show up as irritability or snapping at people for, quote, no reason or Maybe it comes out in traffic. You're at the George Washington Bridge and all of a sudden you just scream in your car like you're out of control. Um, I know I've done that. And it's not the traffic. 
it's not the traffic. It's all of the other stuff. Um, I also mentioned it can come out for many people in reactivity, but reactivity is a pretty huge bucket, right? Are you someone who is cutting with your words? Do you uh, speak before thinking? Do you raise your voice? Uh, are you physically an angry person? Do you uh, punch or stomp or whatever? Um, which, interestingly, we're going to get into in the next phase because that activation actually isn't bad. It's how you do it that we want to make sure is safe and healthy. Um, or do you isolate? Do you hide? Do you compartmentalize the anger and pretend it's not there? That's really, that is kind of a full circle. That's the stuff that comes out when you're like snapping. Where is it compartmentalized, right? The, the deeper acknowledgement comes with the exploration of, yes, of course, why do I, what, why am I holding on to this? But the more powerful question is, why am I afraid to acknowledge it? Why am I afraid to acknowledge the anger? And especially for those who identify as the feminine, look at what has been projected onto you for how you have been told it is right to express. Am I afraid of acknowledging my anger because uh, of how it might seem? Am I afraid of acknowledging my anger because I am acknowledging a situation that was wrong? And uh, am I afraid no one will believe me? Am I afraid this? Am I afraid that? And Especially for God, if you're afraid no one will believe you, I fucking believe you. I fucking believe you and you are allowed to be angry. Sometimes we all, uh, excuse me, sometimes um, we also kind of hide anger with justification. We protect. I absolutely have done this. I've done this recently where... Uh, whether it's a situation or an individual, uh, or even like a construct, right? Like work or an organization or something, you're, a project you're working on. You justify the anger by saying, I know it's really, it's a great opportunity, but, or this is messed up, but, or I have unconditional love for this person. So I understand. Okay, great. Can you hold more than one emotion? Can you hold all of it? And that is challenging. And I understand, God, that that's a whole separate episode, right? Holding the duality. It's, it's more than the duality. It's holding like this, this universe of would feel like contradicting feelings. And so we default to what the pretty ones are. We default to the projection rather than allowing ourselves to feel into the expression of the anger. <sighs> so what would it look like for you to say, yes, I am grateful for the life I have. I acknowledge that, you know, uh, th this is a good work opportunity and I still am angry that this system exists or this structure exists. I'm angry at this person. I'm angry at myself, but I love myself. I also love this, right? Can, 
Can you hold these seeming contradictions? I think with uh, the people one, that's that's often where it, it becomes much harder. I, last week I was working with the two clients actually on having a lot of, three, I just remembered a third, uh, having a lot of anger towards people in their life that they do love unconditionally, caregivers and partners. And this challenge comes up regardless of the specifics where it's like, how do I let myself just be angry without feeling guilty for it? How is it okay for me to say that was fucked up? I can't believe you did that, but also I still love you. Right? That that comes up a lot with caregiver stuff. Certainly can come up in partnership. And one of the the challenges expressed by clients that I've certainly experienced as well is like this feeling of weakness. And I'm only speaking, uh, I I just can't speak to being in the masculine uh, and having this experience, so it may very well be true. And I'd love to get a a masculine energy coach on here soon. But um, I know for me, especially um, with someone from my past, a former relationship, there, there was and is and always will be unconditional love. And so I really struggled to claim, how can I hold that? And then also hold the fire, hold the storm, hold the anger for uh, the disrespects, the the avoidance, the lack of honesty. How could I hold both and feel like I was in integrity? And that was a challenge. You hold it by feeling all of it without deciding what it means for the future. You hold it. You feel it, all of it, without deciding what it means for the future. So, for example, when I'm working with um, you know, these clients who are working through some parental anger, there's this deep, how could you do, how did you do that? How didn't, why didn't you protect me? How, did, how could you lie to me? Can I ever look at you as the parent in the same way? Can I ever do this? What if, what if this, what if me going into this feeling ruptures our relationship? That's already too far into the future. You won't get there to make that decision if you don't feel where you are now. Can you trust that everything you're feeling is valid, but the future tripping and the projection doesn't need to happen? It slows you down. And you can't really be fully in the feeling of the now when you are in the projection or the future tripping or the what does this mean when. It can be overwhelming. You can feel like you're crazy a little bit to be holding all of these feelings, to have days where you're writing these um, fuck you letters and then the next day you have this like outpouring of like, I understand. I have so much compassion. I'm so grateful for this experience. And then the next day you're angry again. That's okay. Those are the waves of moving through an emotion of power. But again, it's when you're in that space, that's when we want to be um, just very conscious of, of how we're acting, how we're using or hopefully not really using and not really reacting from that anger. Anyway, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. I want to stay in the acknowledgement and understanding. 
Um, I think the last the last piece that I think the last piece, we'll see what else comes up that is important to be in is the understanding of where forgiveness may need to come into play. And before you get nervous, this isn't necessarily about forgiveness of other people, although that often naturally is going to come up. But for some people, it's really triggering to start with, you need to forgive a situation. You need to forgive a person. Um, I, again, I do believe that that can happen quite naturally. When you first forgive yourself and focus on your healing. So often when we feel a lot of anger towards a situation, and I believe I tapped into this just a bit in the avoidance episode a few weeks back, when we have anger at a situation, maybe something bad or frustrating did happen to you. Someone did wrong you or you were put in unjust circumstances. Check where you have absorbed external anger, right? Where are you mad at yourself for maybe putting yourself in that situation? Someone had just shared that earlier. Um, where are you shooting yourself? I should have known better. I'm an idiot. I'm this, I'm that, or I should have acted differently. Whatever your shoulds are, can we start with the forgiveness there? Now, if you feel like you're not worthy of offering yourself that, can you look at it like this? By not forgiving yourself for whatever anger you may be holding, whether it's resentment, shame, wanting to control, maybe you've fully isolated or fully compartmentalized and never actually gone into the stuff and you're angry about that. Whatever flavor, intensity, volume of the anger you may have towards yourself, hmm, can you soften? Can you welcome in maybe a, a, a teaspoon of bravery to say, you know what? I can look at this. I can look at this and I can forgive this. And that is, again, we're not even in, in what that looks like yet. This is just the acknowledgement phase. So I want to give you some journal prompts to, or reflections to kind of wrap this up before we move into ownership and healing. Number one, what am I holding anger for? Where did it come from? Who is it or what is it about? Number two, how is it expressed? How do I repress? Number three, why do I want to run from it if I do want to run? Why do I run from it? Number four, what might happen if I integrate it? What might happen if I begin to integrate my anger? And I want you to start with a question like that in this phase because it's very challenging to work through a, a, a big emotion when we don't really start to connect at the upfront with why it's important to, why we want to. So if that connection isn't quite there yet, great. It should be at least a little bit in order to move into this next phase of ownership and healing. So if there's not a desire to heal, then we're just going through the motions, right? So ownership and the healing of anger. So what does this mean? To, to own something is to welcome 
what we are avoiding or what we're afraid to fully feel. Welcome it into the light to stop keeping it in the shadow. And ownership can look quite a few different ways, but we're holding anger towards ourselves. That ownership is looking at, okay, how can I, with as little, ideally no, but with as little judgment as possible, really begin to honestly claim the ways in which I have self-sabotaged, the ways in which my actions, thoughts, words, or behaviors might be hurting myself, the ways in which I might be mad at myself for hurting others, right? So that ownership may be very self-centered, not egotistical, self-centered. You are centering honestly with inventory about your anger if you were holding it towards yourself. Now, ownership when uh, this is about maybe your anger has been activated by a situation or a circumstance or persons, this is not, um, you take the blame. Own that it was your fault. That's, that's not it. And I think manifestation culture often can get that really wrong where it's like, well, you called in that bad experience. I, I think that's a little too much of a reduction. It can be very damaging for people. Ownership of when things have happened to you is accepting that it happened. It does not mean accepting that it will happen again or even forgiving yet, right? The wrongs that may have been done to you to create that anger. I am going to do an episode on forgiveness, I just realized, Um, but not today. So what does that look like? So I want to talk through that that flavor of of ownership with a personal example. A couple of, for the past couple of months, I've been sort of working through and out of this very cyclical circumstance that uh, was really quite painful. And when it had all come to a head, I was really just filled with this deep rage and disappointment and just a lot of other feelings, right? And that, that I think is also a piece of the ownership of anger or rage as an emotion is there's usually something else underneath it. There's usually something else underneath it. Is it sadness? Is it um, pain? That pain needs to be nurtured. Is it, sometimes it is just, what the fuck? Right, I think we see that a lot um, socially. I would argue it's never just that, but when there are social injustices, I think sometimes there just is a white hot, what the fuck, you know? Maybe you don't need to do more processing on that. You can just stand in that rage. And the ownership of it comes from this situation is not right, or this person or this uh, system did me wrong, but I will not allow it to impact me in the ways in which perhaps it has in the past. So the ownership is looking at how do I not allow this fire to burn me? but to light me up instead. 
And in order to get to that place where you're lit up rather than burning down, we have to own the ways in which we react negatively from anger, not to judge ourselves, but so that we can create the change within us. Okay, so coming back to this example um, where I just found myself 715 on a street in uh, Astoria, New York, uh, just reading something on my phone that put me in such deep pause, filled with this anger. And I knew how I, maybe a shadow version of myself would want to unleash it. And, you know, for some people that might be reactivity. For other people, it also could be, um, you know, things like moving to substances or, you know, burying uh, yourself in work or whatever. Like there's a couple of unhealthy coping mechanisms. I knew all of the things that wanted to come out within me. And the ownership was I am going to do my best to not do that. And I'm going to do my best to be very kind to myself while feeling this stuff and also give myself permission to unravel if needed. So the ownership piece is I'm allowed to feel this. If I'm going to claim and own this emotion, I'm also, I have to own it. I have to relax into it. I, I can be in it without judgment. Now, within this personal example, and I'm just going to speak really frankly, to be honest, um, uh, I can be, I, I would say like a much younger version of myself could be pretty reactive. And once in a while, it would still come up. I'm sure once in a while still will. And a lot of that can come through just messaging the feeling, right? Whatever it is. And this isn't, um, you know, this isn't sequestered to like a romantic experience. This is just sort of how I was shown were told to express anger uh, socially, right? So anyway, so coming back to this example, I knew how I didn't want to react. I also knew that this was going to be the time for healing. And remember, this phase is ownership and healing. So what that looked like was, woo, rather than pushing this feeling away I went home and I allowed myself to experience it, to just sit in it and did my best to avoid projection, right? So that's something to keep in mind is do I project? Do I blame? Do I do this? Do I do that? Do I blame myself? And to really breathe and just be with the sensations in your body, to own, to claim how you are feeling. Now, if we look at this from uh, feminine or divine feminine energy, this is the idea of holding the storm, of saying, I have this in me, this, mm, and it doesn't feel good, but I am my best nurturer. I am allowed to be in this. And then what does it look like for me to really be in nurturing of self within the storm? Am I going to just keep myself out in the rainstorm, no umbrella, no warmth, it's lightning everywhere, or can I bring me inside, throw on a little warm blanket, give myself some love, and start to self-soothe, right? 
somewhat of a metaphor, but also like kind of what wound up happening. <laughs> uh, and for the masculine, that may look similar, could also look very different, right? Where uh, if, if the reaction typically is avoidance or lashing out in some way, it's the same sort of acknowledgement. It's, oh man, I am feeling this. And can I be really soft and gentle in letting that be without seeing it as weakness, without having to go to my um, patterned re reactions, you know? So I guess it really is the same. It's just the in-body experience. And then um, the permission may look a little different. But anyway, so when it comes to the healing of it, <laughs> I w I'm laughing because it's like, how how do you... How do you heal anger in one moment or in one podcast episode? You don't. But you start by looking at what has been activated in you. Looking at what has been activated in you because there is a reason you are feeling it. This also ties right back into ownership. So this is a place where we get to check in on our, check in on our integrity. Healing begins with locating the source of the anger with understanding why the activation is here. What is it going to change in you? So coming back to this example where, you know, I'm feeling this like really powerful anger, this powerful rage inside of me. I moved it through my body. Okay. And that is, that's kind of like ownership and healing, perhaps the bridge between is before bringing the mind into it, it has to, ener emotions, energy and motion, right? That energy and motion has to start to move through you because otherwise you're just going to logic in and out of the same loopholes, but it'll still be within the energy of anger. Moving the body, stomping on the ground or you know, I, I do a lot of anger work with clients where I tell them to go scream into a pillow or to go beat their bed up. And, you know, there's always resistance to that. I've even had, um, uh, I, I had resistance to it, right? Before I was in the understanding of this work specifically, my reaction to like moving anger out with harsh movement or with a, a loud noise from me. To me, I was like, well, isn't that just going to make you more angry? Like, we're trying to find peace. It is dangerous to hold it in. It is also dangerous to express or move the energy through in an unsafe way. So I want to be really clear. What I am talking about here is allowing the body in a safe, contained way to process some of that energy. So I, I know I just shared a, a slew, but I want to really just break these down in a bit of a list. Move anger through the vibration of your voice. That is closing the door or getting into your car or going on a hike and yelling at the top of a mountain to let some of that anger, that rage out in a way where you're not harming others. My clients love our fuck you letters where you do not send them to people. You do not send them to people, but it's a space where you write 
out your anger at a person, at a circumstance, at a social construct. Um, you know, if it's a social construct, maybe you should send it to a politician. I don't know. Um, but you, you're writing that out just to get it out without protection. So often when uh, clients will go through a fuck you letter, they're like, dear dad, I know you tried your best, but fuck you for blah, blah. And it's like, no, 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 no justification, no qualification. Understand and trust within yourself that that duality is there or that multifaceted uh, relationship can be there. You can love them. You can acknowledge that they've done their best and you can still be angry. We're just focusing on the anger. Get that out in the fuck you letter. Right. Um, I, I just talked about, you know, beating your bed up. So what I am actually talking about is whether it's a pillow or a punching bag. Again, this is separate from going to a workout class or something, but with a methodical beat, fuck you for this, fuck you for that. Methodically expelling energy, again, in a safe way, while expelling words, using vibration, starts to move and unlock that deeper frustration, anger, rage within you. And often what will happen is you go from this to fuck you for this and this and this and this. And all of a sudden, this animalistic anger begins to come up and you're crying or you're punching or you're beating up some, you know, pillow on your bed in a safe way. This is letting the underlying emotions, the stuff that's being calcified, you're starting to shake it up and put it somewhere. I hope I've, I've acknowledged safety enough. Uh, but it, please, if you've never done anger work like this, you can always reach out to me or find, um, there's so many fantastic groups specific for uh, just the masculine, just the feminine, um, you know, more co-ed groups. There's so many spaces to activate this work. Um, but again, I can't stress that it's, it must be done in a safe way. And we do this moving of the anger through the physical body first so that there is less ammo to go into the reactivity or to shut ourselves down, okay? So that movement where are you holding the anger? Can you connect with the power of it and put it somewhere and honor it? And maybe you even bring in a little bit of love for yourself. God, I'm so, I am so sorry. I am so sorry that this happened to you. I am so sorry uh, that you have to experience this pain, right? Can you meet yourself in the pain and acknowledge and love yourself there? Not try to fix, not try to project, but just to be, yes, this is hard. I am sorry. And to just be there. That is ownership and healing. So if we're looking at anger as a fire, right, and it's burning something, and this would be a safe contained burn, there's residue left, right? There's ash left. So activating the deeper healing is looking at the residue, looking at what is left from the anger and asking yourself, what is this going to teach me? So for example, if, if someone has hurt you 
to the point of no end. If there's an apology that you want and don't believe you'll ever get, if, if there is a system or a structure that has felt so angering to you and you've moved some of that anger through the body but you are looking at the residue that's left, what is that asking of you to do now? Is it to raise your standards uh, when we're talking interpersonally, right? Is it to set boundaries? Is it thank you? Thank you for doing that to me because I will never allow someone to treat me like that again. If, it, if we're talking about systems and structures, is it I will not let go of my rage, my anger, my discontent for how I've been oppressed, but I'm going to use it and work it now. I'm going to work that energy to create change. So, right, that, that fire has now been used and put within. It's the pilot light, right? It's, it can still be here and fuel me in a way where now it doesn't leak out. Because that is also a piece of the healing, right, is to be able to have the anger, acknowledge it, move it through your body, activate it for yours and the greater good, and not have it eke out onto other parts of your life. This is the integration and action work. It's looking at that residue from the fire and getting very clear. And when I say clear, I mean in integrity, heart open, and grounded in love. Looking at the residue from that space and asking, what do I do with what's left? If someone wronged you, does that mean your boundaries, your worth is raised and elevated? That doesn't mean that you have to, uh, you know, give it back to them. In fact, I would say that's out of integrity. But might it be an integrity to share that they are no longer in your life? Perhaps. Sometimes you don't even need to do that. Sometimes you do. If, if there was anger uh, with systems and structures or maybe in the workplace and now you're looking at the anger that's left, does it mean I'm leaving this job? I do not need to take this kind of treatment or behavior or expectation uh, to overwork all the time. Maybe if, if the fire that was burning was anger about things that are systematic and you're looking at the residue that's left, maybe it's asking you, you know what, I'm going to claim my fucking rest. I'm going to take care of myself since the systems won't take care of me. And the more that I rest as a divine act of rebellion, the more space I actually have to change this shit that's not working. Right? So you see how the residue, we're, we're using it for us and we take up more space from that. That is the powerful activation of anger. That is the powerful integration of it. We don't feel and process and move through anger to be more angry, but to alchemize that power. And ideally, we can become softer and more spacious and more open to things that are for us. And the door closes to the things that are not. And what you wind up finding is as you begin to, because boundary setting and anger often go hand in hand. Uh, <laughs> I have a particular client who I hope listens to this episode because we've been talking about it and she's doing such fantastic work with boundaries. Um, but it goes hand in hand. And so perhaps 
there is this activation to close some doors with love and a sense of completeness or understanding or trust in self. That the doors ahead or the ones that you're opening or the windows that you're busting into. Because it doesn't have to be like a soft little, okay, I'm emerging into this new room with all this new potential. Sometimes it's like, kick the fucking door down. I'm here. Because that shit that happened will no longer happen. This is a different me. You can be in power and in strength without being in reactivity. There's a claiming. And there's a softness for both the masculine and the feminine. I also, I don't feel like I'm in integrity if I don't uh, share and own that this is not a perfect process. I've at different points in time been in and out of this work and uh, I've caught myself going back to old patterns of reactivity or like kind of foot in the door where I'm like, I'm about to say something that I know I don't even really want to say, but I'm just angry. You will have these moments. Do your best to be present to them. They're going to happen. That's okay. Own and acknowledge your role when you do kind of overstep or fall back into, uh, if you have reactivity, right? Acknowledge it. If needed, apologize for it. Can always do some talks on, on that kind of ownership and forgive yourself for it. Okay. Uh, I, I mentioned we'll talk about forgiveness, but no one is perfect. You may have things that feel like regressions. Use them as learning opportunities. Use them as self-healing opportunities. And really, again, use them as opportunities to step into a you that feels more like you. You can be powerful from anger without being in or consumed by anger. And when you move through it properly with love, compassion, understanding, ownership, integration, change, you will very likely find that the anger doesn't stay with you all that long at all. And that's certainly been my experience is when I uh, allow myself these moments to just move anger through the body, to journal, to write, to just kind of get it out, it happens less and less. And when that action and integration comes into play of the boundary setting, of the decisions for yourself, uh, the things that have triggered that particular flavor of uh, sacred rage, those things start to come up less and less. So at the end of the day, isn't that what we are working towards is greater harmony? It's not to say perfect all the time, right? I believe I mentioned that at the top of this episode. But harmony in the sense that I feel within my emotions. I am in ownership of them. I am in understanding, in communion, in conversation with them, and I am growing from them always. And in order to do that with the emotions as a whole, you must also look at and integrate the anger. That's it. I mean, that's not it. There's so much more I could say, but I do think that that's a good place to 
leave off with this episode, uh, there's a couple of different ways that we can build on this from here. Uh, talk about forgiveness, talk about self-forgiveness, uh, e apologizing ownership deeper, whatever. So if there's some stuff in this episode that piqued your interest or you'd like us to go deeper on, absolutely let me know. We can and we will. Y'all know how to reach me. It's Amanda Huggins on Instagram. Those DMs are open. Uh, that's the account on TikTok as well, though my DMs are not open there. Uh, or find me via email, amanda at amandahuggingscoaching.com. I would love to hear from you. And I think I'll just end this here. All of your feelings are valid. All of them. Not all of them are fact. Not all of them are true. The negative ones about your worth, your ability, possibility about uh, if, if the world can be kind to you. Not all of those negative feelings are true. But all of them are valid because you are experiencing them. And so the only way to understand what is valid and true versus valid and not true and creating stories and creating projection, the only way through is to feel. Feel with integrity, do the work, know that you are supported, and know that it gets better. It gets easier over time. It's muscle memory. All right, you guys, that's it for today. Love you. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me, and we will see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to Anxiety Talks with Amanda Huggins. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe or pay it forward by sharing the link with a friend. For one-on-one -on -one coaching, online workshops, and more, visit www.amandahugginscoaching.com or say hi. You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at It's Amanda Huggins. We'll see you in the next episode.